in conversation with uh, Bitmax today is Drew Masters from No Media. Thank you very much, Drew, for taking time out to join our podcast. Um, we've been after yourselves, Noah, and yourself for a very long time, so uh, we're over the moon that you can uh, you can join us today. Thank you very much. Delighted to join. Yeah, delighted to join. Good, good, good. Now, I always like to start with a little icebreaker. Um, we've, we've been in the, the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic. Um, let's go, let's say you've got a couple of hours to spare. You know, what, what, where are we going in the TV world, in the film world? What's your, what's your go-to, your go-to programme that you're, that you're, you know, you're stuck in and, and you're going you're gonna to watch? Where, where, mm. where are we going in the Drew I've world? Been, um, so at the moment, I mean, it's... Um... Yeah, there's lots of different things, especially mm. this year, I guess. But mm. at the moment, I've just finished uh, the HBO series uh, Mayor of Easttown uh, with yes. Kate Winslet. And I thought that was brilliant. It's yeah. a kind of interesting, you know, part murder mystery, part uh, family drama. And um, it's one of the few, I think, that I've actually ever seen where the payoff <laughs> delivers, you know. Yes. Oh, where great. it's like a whodunit, where the whole kind of narrative is is driven around an unfolding mystery. And often, you know, you find at the end of that mystery, it's a, oh, it was this guy. And it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's, either, it's either so obvious that you knew or it's you didn't have any of the information to, to make that call. It's yeah. just a totally different solution. And so I thought it was very good because it's very smart. So obviously yeah. I shouldn't say any more because I don't know. There might be people that have never uh, watched it and don't know the end but definitely really impressed with that um and then what else are we watching just watched the uh, sir alex ferguson documentary oh, on, yeah, okay. um, on amazon so kind of a bit closer to our world and, yes, and yeah course. really enjoyed it um it was actually my old team at universal oh, pictures really? that released it and so interesting to hear kind of how that's gone for them and yeah. i think they were happy and i think yeah really Really, um, obviously, an interesting man, amazing achievements. Um, Absolutely. I thought it was told in a very interesting way of just using the the, the kind of memories and the potential loss of memories being the yeah, routine, but, which yeah, also... Which is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, which is cool. yeah, I suppose yeah. start, just, just on that for, from you uh, working, you know, previously working for them and, and how they presented it, would, would, would Noah have done it any differently do you think do you think you would have have because one of the one of the questions I, I really wanted to ask you and talk about no media and the, and the sports documentary because you know you are at the front line of it you you know the 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 releases that you've you've made of are so high end i mean that that's you know it's it's call it's quality documentaries i mean that you, you you can't and we and we we will talk about them um but just from my sort of point of view, because loving sports and being sport mad, I mean, dealing with no media is like a kid in a toy shop, basically. I mean, it's just like the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, sure. Is that <laughs> how do you decide what you're going to do your docu documentaries about? Because with no media, um, Bobby Robson, The Edge, Jack Charlton, none of those three, in my opinion, are would come to mind as my first choice and yet they're highly mm -hmm. successful and that's what I love about I think what no media do as, as great as Alex Ferguson is and it, it's almost like a slightly obvious choice and I just wondered you know how how does how do you how do no media kind of 
do, do you have a big production meeting and throw names in the pot or how, how, do, how do, how's the how's the process if you yeah please you know well i mean just i guess on your first question about would coming from the team at universal would you know would noah do anything differently and i guess my answer to that would be i think if you released the same film with the same team 10 times you would do it differently 10 times um you know based on the the developments in the market and um yeah and also the developments in just technology at the moment in the way we're able to um have conversations you know with consumers and audiences around the world i think the so i may be skirting around that one a little bit yeah yeah no the universal team are a brilliant a brilliant yeah. team i think one maybe main point of difference i've experienced is um you know in my years at universal was able to forge some great relationships with filmmakers that i would be the you know the international distribution representative of of their film that's their you know labor of love over a, a certain number of years that um that then we are taking out to the world and i think the difference is really that was a we're, we're shepherding the film that's already made at universal whereas the difference at Noah is i think the distribution in some way in a small way but in in some way is actually influencing what the film is right, too yes. which is an interesting collaboration that the distribution and production are working so closely so i think how that actually works in practice at Noah is yes as you'd you'd mentioned i think we're driven by the story you know Ooh. we've got the the founders of the business um you know the four founders who are all still with noah three are from an editorial background um and journalism background and one was a very successful tech entrepreneur right so you've okay. kind of got the editorial and the business um and so historically always the the, the editorial will take precedent the okay. the the human stories and so i think the thing that drew me to to noah and, and the reason why i joined is mm. the the fact that yes i'm a huge sports fan and and have been my whole life and always will be so i'm delighted to work in this space and take the kind of expertise that i have and bring it into this mm. space in entertainment um but I loved that they were all human stories within sport rather than just the obvious sports stories. And I think, you know, the Sir Alex story, I think, is a really interesting story. It just happens to be a really big name. Yes, so actually yeah. a great example of a really good kind of way to do it with a big name. I think one thing that with Noah we found is, yeah, that some of the we've got extensive relationships with different levels of names in the industry and, and that's developing over time. Actually a few projects we have upcoming, which are going to be by far the biggest we've ever done much right, bigger, okay. names. but we will still apply that same, you know, editorial rigor, which is we're only going to tell a story about a big name. If the, if the story warrants it, you know, if, yeah. if the story yeah. is means something to us. And so, you know, John McKenna, who's our CEO, he's he's a very talented creative man so right, yes. a lot of the decisions from his point of view are driven by the editorial so really a big part of what i'm here to do um from the distribution side is to bring the the actual market analysis of okay we know the way noah tells stories is the absolute top quality so my job is to help direct which direction we which stories we tell 
that yes. are going to both work editorially, but also work commercially um, and that we can find the right partner for and find the right audience for. And so to be honest, it's kind of those two things hand in hand is the unique part of Noah. I think we wouldn't tell the story of a big name if we didn't think the story was good enough, yeah, even I, if we knew it could make it. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, this is praise to yourself, to be honest with you, because um, finding Jack Shelton, uh, I use that as an example, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, probably aimed at the boys market of the, of the, you know, the, the World Cup winners. Uh, my wife, who does, does like football, but doesn't really know Jack Shelton, uh, absolutely sat down for those two hours and never moved off the sofa. I found it the most fascinating story. Uh, and, and we came with it, you know, it finished, which is the end of it in floods of tears, which generally happens, you know, kind of kind of happens because it, it's it's incredibly moving. Uh, it had, it's got everything, the storytelling. You, you, no media can tell a story. Uh, you know, the, the Bobby Robson told that story, you know, the highs and lows, back to the highs and the passing away. And, and, and I looked at her and I thought, this is Jack Charlton, you know, you, you don't even know this man particularly. Oh. You know, she kind of remembers the black cap in the in the World yeah. Cup, but but apart from that, had no idea that he played in the 66 World Cup or anything along those lines. And and it almost becomes more than a sports documentary in a in a funny yeah. sort of I love, way. I mean that look, we love that phrase. I feel like we we um we have a bit of a running joke at Noah that every one of our stories is about the person. And it's obviously the name of the first of Bobby was more than a manager. You know, every, every story is meant to be more than, you know, more than you're going to find out more than you knew about these characters because there are levels and depths that you didn't know. And, and, you know, I can't, I can't take any credit for any of that. That's, that's the amazing filmmakers that we have at Noah and the, the, um, their approach to storytelling is, um, I think it's pretty amazing and an amazing being involved and see and and the and as I said the genuine rigor that you know on finding Jack Charlton for example was my first detailed experience of that of you know the the talent that you know Gabriel Clark who's one Mm -hmm. of the founders of of Noah who is is the writer of of the film that that kind of he brings to it along with the co-director um Pete Thomas and then the rest of the Noah team all feeding in is um yeah i think it's quite and if we apply that rigor to a to a story that it's going to come out in a kind of a positive way um and so yeah it's great to hear that your that your partner was was not a football fan but uh but and and was interested in it because that's that's what we're trying to do is of course we knew with the jack charlton film that our core audience would be you no know, fans of Jack, yes. fans of the clubs he managed, fans of um, you know the Irish national team um, and what he did there. But then we knew more broadly that there were themes in the film um, and impacts that he had, you know, in his life and still beyond uh, since his sad passing that would be interesting to people who weren't necessarily in that core audience. And so my job is to help set us up from a marketing point of view and a distribution point of view to put it in front of both of those people in the appropriate way, you know? Yeah. So, um, talk, so yeah, let's touch upon that distribution and marketing that, you know, that you, that you, that you run at Noah. Um, you know, that, they, so you're given a project, find, find, let's do the most current one, Finding Jack Charlton. Yeah. 
Um, so that you're told in the production meeting, this is what we're going to do. So what what are the, what are your steps in your marketing and, and distribution world? Do you reach out to to certain companies? Do you you know what, do you have like a plan or or you know how how, how does that all work, Drew? Sure. Well, I mean, I think there is there's yeah there's always a plan, but then it definitely um, varies per title. Um, so the for finding Jack Charlton, for example, um, that film was greenlit, so it was being made just before I joined, so it was already in production. Okay. So that was kind of as you as you just described, it's kind of on the slate for the next year when I joined, and so the plan had already been um, funded part by the business and part by uh, external investors so the, the film was being made the money was there to be made but there was no revenue generated yet and so that yeah. was where I was to come in and find figure out the right partners for the film um, in which territories um, and uh, and at what time to sell it mm, to them um, in what order do you do things and you know there's a quite a traditional um, windowing system in the film industry at least um pre-pandemic it's all changing now as i'm sure you're aware um and so i was kind of used to some of that windowing back and had a a very good knowledge of that back from my time at universal and actually i'm where we could challenge those windows too and, and what was successful in maybe disrupting those windows and i think especially in documentary we're we're entering the golden age of documentary you know last year i remember reading that the I think the the um, it was the most consumed content on TV was factual and documentary, which which makes sense. And so it's brilliant to be part of that world again. What's driven me into this space? And so I think for Jack Charlton specifically, the film was being made. We were seeing the early cuts. It was brilliant. We knew it hit the themes kind of immediately when I knew even before I actually joined Noah and before I decided I was joining that. Um, I knew about the film and I knew a guaranteed audience of who it would appeal to, who, who I described, the kind of band of the team he managed. And so we would start, me and the um, Katrine, who's our head of sales at, at No, we would start doing the analysis of, well, where is that audience and how big are they and which other films um, or pieces of content have successfully engaged with that audience and ultimately made money too. Yeah. Um, so making sure that it's connected with with an audience, but also that it's commercially viable. So we started by doing that. And then once we um, saw the started to get the early cuts, you start to see the other themes beyond football that are interesting. And so you have the, you know, in Finding Jack Jarl, for example, there's Jack, you know, living with dementia mm. and and the impact on the family. Um and yeah, and, and, and so that, that strand in the film, and as time went on, um, and more time our filmmakers spent with Jack, I think that that became more important as a, a theme it in the did. film. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's sad and pretty amazing mm. in equal measure. Um, and I think once we started to uncover that, then we were looking at, well, how do we... Um, I think capitalize is the wrong word, but how do we showcase that to the right audience? And also how do we use that to use the film as a resource um, and to, you know, further drive the conversation around 
and dementia and Alzheimer's. And so the filmmakers, Gabriel and Pete, were already in conversation with um, with the Alzheimer's Society of the UK and yeah. Ireland. And so we went about very early building a partnership with them for the distribution too, um, to make sure that anybody that was seeking further information when watching the film, they could, you know, they would. Yeah, that's really good. It's good. It's good to see, isn't it? You know, and we think that 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 obviously adds authenticity for us, but it is coming from a genuine place of if you have questions, and it should spark further debate, and and it did spark further debate in in football. But having that authenticity um, from very early on in the distribution conversations, I think, was very important. Um, and it showcased again, confirming that it was more than just a football story. Yeah. Um, it was a football story and more. And so our job once putting all those pieces together was figuring out, well, who is the right partner and at what is the right time? And on this film specifically, um, the right partners after various conversations were the BBC in the UK and Virgin Media in Ireland, both who have been brilliant commissioning partners. Yeah. However, yeah. knowing that we needed to make the film um, work in a certain commercial way and, and obviously maximize it commercially. That's a big part of what my job is. Mm, um, part of those commissioning deals were slightly different to what I guess I would define as more traditional commissioning deals, which is where you sell something to somebody and then they get the premiere yes. and it stays with them, you know, in perpetuity for a long license period. Um, we baked into that deal, which is brilliant that Virgin and, and uh, BBC kind of accepted it, which was we needed to be allowed to do a theatrical release and a transactional release before it was ever premiered yeah. on those channels, even though it's a, it is a commission, it's an original to those channels. So again, that was a big part of the commercial viability of, we knew that the based on where the audience was, that the UK and Ireland were the most important territories. So how do we maximize the kind of share of voice and the, the impact it has in those territories? And that was the deal structure that worked for that. And obviously that's probably getting a bit too yeah, no, no, uh, but it's, detailed, I, I but yeah. Yeah, people yeah. want to know. I mean, it's, I find it, you know, fascinating, you know, because it's, you know, so we, have a, we have a number of films that come through uh, Bitmax that are, are, are really good films. But they're not marketed properly, uh, and and mm-hmm. and when they don't sell or they just disappear in the void, um, I get frustrated because I think oh. you've got a really good product here, but you you you're not marketing it. You're not you're not you're not going the right way about it. And um, and I was I used to be in the music industry a long long time ago, and there were a number right. of fantastic pop records that literally got lost and lost and lost. And I think in back when I used to do it, they used to have to re-release seven inches about seven or eight yeah. times before you got a hit and then then yeah. you know it'll take it'll, you can't do that with films you know literally you've got one one go at this that's uh, right and and if if it doesn't happen then then you know you're you, you're on the back foot like, uh, for me with noah uh, you know as we talked about the, the um the documentaries are such high quality you know i think you know you and and the break i don't know no, i mean you've got a brand name but you're so well known in 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 that mm-hmm. documentary space that um people know that it's going to be good you know yeah and I, I you know i think there's a still oh, there's a way to go for us on that you know from a brand point of view hopefully we get to that point and i think the quality of the films up to now is is doing the talking and building that brand and interestingly for us the most engaged audiences that we found in our 
marketing campaign mm-hmm. for Jack were also the people that we'd kind of carried over from Bobby and the edge, the previous yeah. two films. That's a really good sign, but we just need, we were just working on growing that. Audience. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I mean, I know you weren't there for the edge, but the edge being a cricket film, a, a fantastic cricket film. I mean, the mental health side of things, if, again, it's a, I'm not saying there's a theme there, Jack and dementia, the edge of mental yep. health. Um, in the end, you forgot about the cricket. I've got, I'll be honest with you, I watched it at the Picture House. Uh, I think yeah. there was like a, there was a run at the Picture House. That's and, right. Um, I'd never been there before. Lovely seats, the big screen. It was all, you know, and by the end, again, cricket was secondary. It was all about, I was more worried about, um, I think, Stephen Finn, an England fast bowler, his mental health. Was more, And I had no idea. Yeah. He, there's a six foot five, good looking lad who plays for England and Middlesex. He's, you know, he looks like he had the world at his feet, yet was struggling. And and um, again, storytelling. Again, you know, it, it, and, and you know, we go back to Bobby. I watched Bobby at Wembley. The premiere was at, at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and it was fantastic. I, I felt, I felt proud because Bitmax had helped distribute it within the, you know, the uh, on iTunes. Um, and, you know, there was a proudness about it. But again... He kind of forgot that he was the Barcelona manager by the end of it because it was all about his fight. And so, you know, going right back to the start, it's clever storytelling. You know, whoever comes up, absolutely, I mean, down to that, you know, you know, it's just, and you know, I suppose one of a technical question I'm going to ask here, as in, um, there's a lot of old footage, but yet it, it comes across in really good good nick one for a better word it doesn't look you know unwatchable like you might watch something on youtube or something along those lines you know do you have yeah. have you got boys in the back girls in the back you know trying to improve enhance the footage is there, is there a is there a team that does that because it's it almost looks seamless to me sure i think that i mean i guess there's a there's a broader question there and a more detailed one in that i think from a broader sense we definitely, I think, again, I can only, I'm only speaking for the very talented filmmakers at NOAA in that I think there is a, always a thought process of, we, we're trying to tell timeless, great stories, you know, and even if they are about a specific moment in time, like The Edge, about that kind of rise to the top and the challenges that came with it, um, it we don't think that is a film that's going to particularly age badly if that that makes sense from a narrative point of view of of it will be relevant in a few years similar to Bobby where when we've got a World Cup year coming up that it's really just as relevant now obviously if England win the World Cup or win a Euros hopefully this summer then maybe there is a slight difference there but the aim is for it to be to not feel old or new for it to kind of just feel premium and timeless and then specifically I think with the footage Yes, absolutely. There is every level of quality control that goes into we're only including stuff that we think is enhancing and supporting the story is my understanding of how that process works. And we have because we do a lot of work for um, the global sports federations, you know, the Olympics and and FIFA and UEFA that um, we I think we have, yeah, we have good relationships. So it yeah, means of course. That so you can we, we can footage, understand yeah. what exists and what doesn't. And if it doesn't exist, we won't use it. And yeah. if it does exist, we will make sure we get it the best quality Amazing. we can. 
Amazing. Yeah. So are you allowed to say what's coming up? Are we allowed to, uh, are the viewers of the podcast allowed to know potentially what's coming up or is, is that still under, under, uh, there's under a few things. There's a few things. So we, we announced the, we're doing, we're currently in production on the, um, Arsene Wenger story. So that's the, the kind of next British, um, kind of big British story we're telling, which is really exciting. And mm, um, we're in production at the moment. So the plan is for that to be finished in the summer of, ahead of a release, hopefully at the end of the year. And we can't announce yet who our partners are or anything like that, but yeah. it's very exciting and a, yeah. a bit of a new direction or a, a new development for us, which is great. And then in other areas, um, I can't say specifics, but yeah, we've, we, you know, the, the pandemic has thrown up some huge challenges for, for the business as with any, I guess, small to medium sized business. However, it's also thrown up some great opportunities, which we're trying to take, make the most of. And yes, we have in the last three months done the two biggest deals right. that the company Good. has ever done. Well, so they will be announced uh, soon. And, and yes, yeah, so that's, it's all exciting, all part yeah. of building the, the brand of the of the you know of the of Noah and and of the talent and of the filmmakers um, to build that platform so that the stories that we tell as a company um, and that our filmmakers want to tell that uh, they're reaching as many people as they yeah, can. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, from a Bitmax side of things, it's just been you know with with the lack of cinemas. All of a sudden, everybody wants to release their films digitally and through different formats and you know different platforms and and uh, and it, it's it's a challenge, you know. And and uh, as I say, it's been an absolute joy for for Bitmax to to work with Noah. Um, certainly, me personally, because uh, uh, being a sports nut, it's like uh, any time any time I see a Drew Masters email, I get quite excited because uh, it, it usually means that we're gonna you know, be involved in something very, very exciting. So, um, well, that's great to hear. And it's, yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, reciprocated. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, we're, we love the things we work on and we, all of the partners that we kind of have in a building as a company um, are forged on, yeah, genuine relationships. And so long may that continue yeah, and, and we're excited absolutely. to continue. Absolutely. Well, as I say, thank you very much for, chatting with us today um i can't wait for people to listen to uh everything about noah um it's i'm generally excited about uh this one and uh and we'll get this out there and uh, and we can get people to to listen in so that'd be wonderful so this was in conversation with drew masters of noah media and uh thank you very much <laughs>